That's always. Now, I don't know how well this is going to go out. For some reason, it looks like... Oh, no. Connection issues came up. Sorry to anybody that just joined in. Welcome to Atlantic Bushcraft Adventures. I thought I was going to have some connection issues there. Apparently, we did not. So, things are good. Tonight, episode 175, and we're going to talk about a little bit if technology is taking away or adding to the experience of... Being out there in the woods, I think, is what you're going for, wasn't it, Ben? It's kind of your topic, so why don't you take us down your train of thought? Well, let, let's start with where this thought came from. So me and you had a brief chat earlier about a piece of technology that you were interested in, that that I'm also interested <laughs> in. The, the actual technology is not important. Anyone can see his face says, don't tell anyone. So it the technology itself is is not important. The the thing is, is it actually adding to the experience or taking away from the experience? And I think that's a big, big question with a lot of us bushcrafters. And it could be anything, you know, it could be uh, your cell phone, it could be your GPS, it could be a new special knife, it could be a plethora of things. But the technologies that you're taking in stuff that's not um, traditional, maybe is the word for you, for you, or something that's new. So it, it could be in newly designed tool, piece of equipment. Uh, it could be any number of things. And there's a ton of things that fit in this category. But the big question is, is it taking away from the experience? And there's a few ways to look at that, and I want to get into that in a second. Or is it adding to the experience? Does it enhance the experience? And I think that there's no easy answer to this question. So if you're thinking we're going to come in here and say, yes, just only use traditional stuff, anything else ruins your experience, that's not what we're going to leave here saying. And we're not going to tell you the other thing either, that bringing those technologies in makes it infinitely better because that's not always the case either. So what I wanted to get at, and I think this is where we'll, we'll start our conversation more or less, is how does it affect your your experience and, and let's look at a few random items i guess just different things so let's start with a fun one fire started so some people would turn around and say the ferro rods are actually more of a modern piece of technology it's you know flint and steel that's much more traditional the fire rod the ferro rods are i think newer at least relatively, right? Yeah, I, I'll. Yeah, I agree with that. Did you know the lighter predates the um, match? I heard somebody tell me that before. I've never researched it, but I I kind of believe it just because of. Uh, I think it would just be a little easier to make a lighter, believe it or not, because you just basically need a tank, a kerosene, a wick, much like an oil lamp, and a spark to throw onto it. As we're with a match, you got to get into sulfur and some other uh, chemical compounds, which I'm not going to name online, so nobody tries to make their own matches. And you got to mix that together, and you got to bond it to a wooden stick. you got to process those wooden sticks, make sure they're 100% dry, they're not collecting moisture. It's just a much more in-depth production process, I guess. So the first people that had a method other than, say, friction fire and then seen something like a lighter... Uh, a match, a ferro rod, something that makes it a little bit easier to start fire, would say, oh, that's technology. That's just something, that, you know, it's not It's not traditional. It's it's no good. But, I mean, does it really, is it really that big of an advantage? Is it really taking that much away? And, and is it an advantage? Yes. The ability to get, say, instant flame 
or hotter sparks makes it easier to start a fire. And for a lot of times, it's a safety issue. You know, if you fell through the ice and you had to get yourself warm as soon as possible, I guarantee you the fastest way, if somebody offered you a blowtorch to get your fire going, you're going to take it. For right? sure. There and is that, a certain and, point where the technology is hand in hand with safety, I guess. Yeah. So, so, you know, is it nice to be able to light a fire with the most primitive means possible or things you can just find in the woods? Like if you don't have to bring anything with you, everything you can find is there. Yes, that's a great skill to have. We don't deny it. But knowing that when you walk for a whole day and you're in, in you know, really out back, you know, back in the woods campsite and you want to get a little fire and set up and it's already getting dark, knowing that you can do it in a little bit less time, I would argue that enhances the experience. Otherwise, you might have had to stop an hour before to prep for your fire. Now you know you have a better fire lighting method. You can go a little bit further, experience a little bit more. Dally a little bit longer on that beautiful stream that you've seen partway through your trail, but you weren't ready to camp that night, right? That, if that's what you're using that piece of technology for, then it enhances your experience. I'm going to say a very broad statement on the whole thing, because once you gave me the... Uh... The topic or the idea for the topic i got thinking about it and i actually thought about this one hard all day i think the technology will only take away from it as much as you allow it to uh otherwise it could also enhance much for the reasons you just said if in a survival situation you fell through the ice the technology is there you get warm you potentially avoid getting frostbite and hypothermia and stuff like that depending on how bad it gets but just because you got the lighter in your pocket doesn't necessarily mean that you still can't practice those primitive skills. Uh, it's always nice to have a backup, and that's where I see a lot of technology falling into, for me and my purposes anyway, uh, or as something to augment the outing. Um, so we started with fire. Another big one that my head went to was, of course, the cell phones. Because, I mean, there is so much stuff on a cell phone that could go either way. You can have your plant identification apps on there or the fungus identification app like you had out there. And you get to learn a lot of valuable things out of that if that's so what you choose to do. I mean, even um, you can download some music and you can have a little bit of entertainment while you're out there. You can put a movie on it and have something to watch while you're falling asleep. These are all things to me. Some would argue the movie might be taking away and the music might be taking away, but is it really? You know what I mean? If you're going out there for your enjoyment, what's it taking yeah. away from? Yeah. Yeah. No, agreed, right? Um, but if, you know, in the same breath, if me and you went camping, you downloaded 72 movies. And as soon as we got there, you pulled your phone out instead of watching your movie and ignoring me, then it's not enhancing my experience. Now I'm more or less alone out there. So do have respect for the people that are with you and, and, and camping and interacting with you because that time and, and energy spent, that's important time and energy spent um, and to be shared. But if you're up late at night and there's no one else up and you just can't sleep and you want something to pass your time, you've got an ebook or a movie, you know, more power to you. You know, I've had nights where I just don't sleep well, you know, having that that distraction has been enjoyable in it in itself right i know for me uh and some people may argue this when i was getting used to staying out in deep woods by myself um yeah. like way out there it's real quiet at night if anybody has heard the saying 
the silence was deafening. Uh, that That's a real thing. Things get so quiet that, I don't know, I actually feel pressure in my head. You know what I mean? Uh, especially if you're hypersensitive to it and you're still new out there. You're very learning how to deal with it. Like now, it doesn't bother me in the slightest. I actually crave that quiet. But when I was younger and I was getting out there and it was really, really quiet, your mind starts to play tricks and stuff on you. I used to like, uh, at the time, it was a Walkman, I guess. Uh, you know what I mean? Throw some music on while I was falling asleep and it's just some of that background noise to to distract from that deafening silence until you get used to it. Cause it can be a little unnerving. That's another option that I see where it might potentially help. But now as my older self, I would say, no, I'd much take the silence any day because I'm used to it now. You know what I mean? I come to appreciate it. Yeah. I come to expect it when I go out. Yeah. Um, another thing with my cell phone and, and we've talked about this one before uh, I've gotten into playing with the manual settings on my cell phone. And so when you go out and you see that picture perfect flower or that sunset and you get in, you start dialing with your, your manual focuses and your aperture and, and all these different things, your, your, your shutter speed and your ISO and all you play with everything that your phone has that allow you to, to tweak things. And the beauty is you can, you know, you can do some cool things and I'm by no means great at it. I'm, I'm barely passable, honestly, but I enjoy the experience and it helps me enjoy that that moment because when you're you're paying attention to that on your screen and you're setting things up and you're seeing how you can tweak it a little bit you tend to appreciate that thing and then you start to look at the big picture and the small picture and everything in between to see how you can convey what you're seeing because because it's hard to put it into words we've all been somewhere and we've looked at it and said there's no way a, a camera could take uh, take it all in. You can't really convey what you've seen because it's just too much or it's too, you know, too perfect. And, but when you try, you gain a little bit of ability to do that. And I find that sort of means you, you appreciate it even more. So that's a good one. Even if you're not into fine tuning it, which don't get me wrong, not taking a skill I don't have, uh, and I can appreciate it. Um, but if you're just out there and you're a point-and-shoot kind of person, you just want to use the default settings, it's a great way to make some memories and reflect back on what you had done out there. And I apologize. Nate, uh, I know you're in the comments there. Are you having any audio issues or something like that? My OSB or OBS, what we use here for our video, every now and then it'll like drop red and say that there's absolutely no audio going out, but it seems fine in the live feed. So just let me know, Nate, if you can, bud. Uh, anyway, yeah, if you're just a point-and-shoot kind of person, that's kind of what I am. You know what I mean? I'm a point-and-shoot kind of follower. I like to take the pictures. Uh, I really enjoy shooting videos, and it, to me, it's remembering uh, the times I was out. It helps me remember a little bit, or for demonstration purposes, uh, kind of why we started this whole thing was to share some of the knowledge. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, so... I kind of want to get into how, how can, how could the technology really take away from the experience? And I think when the trip becomes about the technology, the technology should only ever be there to enhance the experience and the time. And if you're going out there because of the technology or when the biggest thing is what next piece of technology you can get and it starts to eclipse the trip itself, then I think it started to steal things away. And, uh, oh, you're doing something. 
I was just checking the video settings to see if anything got bumped up, but no, it, no. I think it's fine. Yeah. Okay. So in, in that regards, what I'm saying is if, if the technology starts to become the thing, then I think you've missed the point at some point. And you see this, you do see it. You see it in people who, they no longer talk about the trip. They talk about the stove they took, or they talk about the brand mm. name they have, or they probably talk about when, when that becomes more important in the experience and the trip, like it should always be about, you know, the beautiful river I got to see, or the mountains I got to see, or the, the birds or the animals I got to see, or, you know, how many different plants I could see. But if it starts going, you know, or all you can think about is, you know, Thank goodness I had the XBY item and it, it, you know, 17 it, and one water filter fire starter and popcorn maker. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Which um, is funny enough because there are some people that's their thing. They really yeah. like just playing with gadgets. And if you're just going out to play with the gadget to me, uh, much like yourself, I'm kind of like do it in your backyard save yourself a trip out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, and it, it can be. And I think it's important. The, the important thing is to make the trip, the experience, the activity uh, fun and enjoyable for yourself and, and make sure that it creates those memories. Um, and if you start to lose that, you really have to sit back and think about what you're doing and how you're doing it because it means you've lost something, uh, I think. Um, There's other technology. I, I that I think adds to the experience better than the original. And I'm thinking like water filtration, purification. I love my Sawyer mini. I wouldn't go without it. I know the traditional method was you filter it with a piece of cloth or whatever. Then you boil the water and you have what safe water to drink and everything is great. That's traditional, but it's so much easier just to cycle it through my filter and bam, I got water. You know what I mean? I know I can filter and boil water, I don't necessarily want to do it every single time I want to drink water. No, no. And it, you know, it, it has enhanced our experiences when we've taken the Sawyer mini, it means that we didn't have to slow down as much to get water because if we had to stop and light a fire and wait for it to cool enough to drink, you know? And there's been times like when we went to the waterfall, it was pretty well, it was cold at night, but it was warm when we got there and we just wanted to drink. Uh, and yeah. we took limited water with us because we knew we were going to have water there. And exclusively for both of our outings, actually all our outings we've ever been out on, we've used the, we've always basically drank the water on location. We use yeah. our filters and stuff like that because water, um, I, I right. generally take one small bottle of bottled water just in case it all goes bad. Otherwise, yeah. it's heavy to take that because we drink quite a bit of water. The average person, uh, two to four liters a day. That's under normal circumstances, I guess, is what they say. If you're working, which we were, because we set up hammocks and we're playing, uh, that that's kind of what being out in the woods is about, is having some fun and doing some playing. We probably drank more than that. I can remember running water through that thing. It almost seemed like a constant thing at one point. You know what I mean? We always had some water trickling. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. We had a hung from a branch and we'd fill it up. And more often than we not, we looked over and our container was overflowing. So we put the cover on and stuck another one underneath it topped up the thing and we just kept it running it was like you said it was almost constant and we drank a fair bit um and i mean even when i'm canoeing the beauty of those things is i fill up my bag and i'll 
you know, I don't have the hang system because I don't have like an IV bag on my 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 <laughs> canoe, but I'll use the squeeze method. Mm. That's our next invention, everybody. An IV pole for your canoe. I'm already thinking about it now. It's just going to be too top heavy. We're going to have to put pontoons out. We'll just build a better boat. <laughs> but no, it, it, it is true. And the other thing with it is you can literally, uh, depending on the camelback you have, if you have a hydration bladder of some sort, a lot of folks just cut the hose and run it in line. Yeah, I've done that. And just drink away. You know what I mean? I have a bag that I cut the end off. I left about that much off it. And I keep the end with my gear because if I want to, slap it through back into the line because it's the same bag I use for drip watering. And bam, I can throw my hydration bag in and I got water on the go, which honestly is kind of what I seem to be doing a little bit more in the ATV. The ATV, yeah. I always have one with me just to grab a drink out of a stream, but it's way easier to fill the bag out of the stream, put the bag on my back and just keep driving. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's a good, good example of technology and, and how it hasn't taken away from the experience at all. It's always added to the experience and it's never you know, encroached on, on replacing the experience, but we've always felt it made things a tiny bit easier, a little bit more enjoyable, um, without becoming more than it was. Right? Um, I got one for you, Ben, because it's a question that I've been asked before. What about shooting our videos and podcasts? Has that like when we've shot videos out in the woods, for instance, uh, the hammock video, People have asked, has, does that take away from the experience? Like, you're just going out there to shoot a video. It's more like work. Are you really enjoying being out there? And honestly, I don't find it takes from the experience. I find it's... It almost gives me a new appreciation for it because now I have to do it in such a way that I'm showing it to somebody else. Like, you have to think about the camera as being an individual. And you're teaching yeah. that individual how to do something. So you really have to think about what you're telling them. So that you don't tell the misinformation, you don't forget a step because if a person was there in front of you, they could ask questions and you can fill in the blanks. But with a yeah. video, it's face value. If you miss a step, that person doesn't know you missed a step. <laughs> in all honesty, They're, they could just be left high and dry like, oh, I, I have. No, why didn't mine work out this way? Yeah. Um, and I've experienced both. I've been out and doing it where it just really did add to the experience because, like you said, we, we were focusing on a single activity or a learning point or something that we wanted to share. And that kind of brought that to life and, and forefront. But I've been with uh, other trips um, where it became a chore. And it's when, when it mm. interrupts the trip constantly, when it's, it prevents you from doing what you want to do, um, then it does sort of take away from it a bit. Not, not to the point where I didn't want to do it or I hated it, but it is a fine line, I think, videoing. And that's one of the struggles we have is we tend to get out there and we forget to take a video because we are so in the moment. And and I think that's legit concern. It's something that happens to me and you. It, um, it's a real thing. We have uh, no word of a lie. Uh, spoiler for some people out there that have been listening to us for a long time. We shot a YouTube trailer. And... Honestly, most of the video, it's there. It's okay. It, it's not that great because it was a secondary thing to the trip we went on. We had a way more fun just on the trip. And it was kind of an afterthought trying to do our YouTube entry video. And you can kind of tell. I still have it. It's uploaded. It's on listed. Uh, it's kind of interesting. I do send the link to some people because we did have a lot of fun doing it. 
but it, it's not the highest quality work we've ever put out for sure. <laughs> no, no. I, and, you know, we'll probably try it again someday somehow. Uh, we'll have to probably do it separate and just combine them, which is fine. That's that's perfectly acceptable. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, it is a fine line. I, I do find videoing a trip, mm. documenting a trip can be a fine line. And there's people who can do it really seamlessly, and there's people who who struggle with it. And I find we struggle with it a bit more because we haven't done it enough. And it, there's a learning curve to that. Um, other people kind of can do it pretty quick and smooth. Uh, and it takes away less of the trip because you, you forget about what they have. Um, and that's a place where technology can help. Um, we've talked to some of my camera gear before and I have a DJI pocket. And the beauty of that one is it has a tracking feature. Uh, and if you know what a tracking feature is, I can basically draw a circle on my head or like square around my head and it'll capture that image. And then when I walk, the camera will actually follow me in an arc. Like as I walk left and right, it'll keep me in the center of the screen. That's like having a totally separate person there videoing. Me. Yeah. And that's really nice for the kind of stuff we're attempting to do. Uh, and it's one of those things I really wish we could have got together and utilize that a lot more. But uh, it's great technology for that purpose. Now, I could see where, like you were saying, documenting can cause a little bit of an issue. I've never run into it with the bushcrafting side of things because, frankly, let me back up. The only time I ran into it really bad, um, if anybody, I don't know if I've ever mentioned it before, but I used to have a paintball business. Uh, YouTube channel. I did a bunch of stuff, much like we were doing here, but it was one of the, it wasn't even a smaller niche and I couldn't find anybody to share that experience. Uh, and that was one of the big goals why I moved into this. When I tried to collab with other people on a location, that's when it became almost tedious. Everybody's trying to do their own thing. Plus you're all trying to do something together. And honestly, nothing really gets done if one person is not as organized as the rest. And I'm not going to say that I wasn't the most organized or wasn't the least organized. I, I definitely have my ups and downs, but when you got like five people with that, it becomes a cluster real fast. And then the yeah. whole thing gets kind of like wasted time. Yeah. Um. And I could see that if there was multiple people trying to do recordings or if there was that one person that had this very, specific mindset of but what their vision was and they were trying to herd everybody else into that vision i can see that being a little bit of a turn to maybe a distraction almost an annoyance if you will uh, i'm told if you can do it right you almost storyboard it before you do it whether you actually write it in a book and say like i'm going to do this 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 and this and i want to capture this shot and i want to capture it from this this type of angle so maybe an over shoulder angle i want one like with your face in the shit shot i want one with scenery in the back if you have all that plotted out it makes it easier because you already know what you want you can almost label the videos and mm. the interesting thing is what a lot of people don't realize on youtube is the videos you watch are not necessarily shot in the sequence you see it in no the video ma video magic is a wonderful thing and i mean ben and i are not uh pros at this at all we're very amateur when it comes to editing and splicing but people that are good at it they can literally shoot stuff 
they might shoot the first, then they might shoot the end, and then they might shoot several middle sequences in between just because the start and the end may be at one location, a couple of the middle things may be at a different location, and that's just how it works out. And I guess that's where the storyboarding would come in. Yeah, there's definitely people that shot outgoing trips and made it look like there was their ingoing trips. And people who are good at it will even know, like, I mean, in, I wore this shirt and I'll switch the shirt just to get a scene to look a certain way and switch it back after the fact so it looks like it was in sequence. Uh, I've seen this done, so I know it's, it happens. It's just not always the case. Just know that if they can't get the scene they want it, they might shoot it again later at a different time, different location, even to get what they want. But it's doable. So what about when it comes to technology? Um, things like tablets and computers. I don't necessarily bring one into the woods myself. Uh, I've had one in the truck a couple times when I've gone to the woods, but more just by coincidence than purpose to bring it. But I do know a couple of folks that I travel with or uh, I guess hang out with, whichever way you want to say it, that they take a laptop into the woods because that's just a part of their gear. Now, to me, that's getting a little far down the rabbit hole for my likings, but to them, that that's just what they like. They they uh, they have some tutorials on there, some videos. It's just something they pack in. Yes, for sure. Um, it, to me, it's just the bulk, and, and, and I've always had that fight with bulk. A tablet, a computer, it, it's bigger, but it gives you a lot more advantage. So if you're using certain technologies... Um, having that bigger piece of technology gives you more control and stuff. So other technologies we can think, and I mean, I guess it comes back to what's your definition of technology? Because when I was thinking technology, I was thinking electronics, and then we got into the fire starting aspect. So I guess if you wanted to get to that point of it, you could almost say that like modern tents and tarps could be an earlier technology than potentially building a shelter. For me, there's something to be said about building your own shelter, but there's also some the simplicity of just popping up a shelter and being able yep. to move quickly uh, can sometimes add to the experience because now you're not bound to a location. If you go into, say, the waterfalls where we went, and I always use that as an example because it kind of fits the criteria of one of the best and most miserable places you can get to. You know what I mean? It's got cliffs, it's got bucks, it's got water. There, It's a gambit there. But if you went into there and tried to set up a shelter like that little shelter we looked at, that's the majority of your first day shot. And if you only got two days, even if you wasted your first day on that shelter, it may not be a great shelter. And then between firewood, you're just going to be exhausted the next day. Then you got to try and break that down if you're doing uh, Leave No Trace. Yeah, It, it can almost rob your entire trip unless that's your point in going out in which case maybe that was the perfect thing for you you know what i mean i've uh, i have done that where i've gone out and i like nope my goal this outing is just to build a shelter spend a night in it and then i can tear it down just to say i've done yeah yeah i mean i guess goal plays a huge part when you said tarps and tents i actually started thinking about like some of the high-tech materials you can get like the cuban fiber and and, and like the ultralight, super strong, super expensive, like, you know, uh, you can buy a decent nylon tarp or, or tent for a hundred bucks, or you can spend a thousand dollars on a top of the line space aged material that reflects 90% more heat and does this and does that, you know, keeps you warm on a hot or cool on the hottest day and warm on the coolest day and does all these weird things. But when does it become all about the, the equipment? And you stop thinking about the, the trip itself 
and it, it is a line, right? Um, making that, that primitive shelter does take a lot of time and energy. And if you get out there and you do it poorly and you're absolutely miserable, then it took away from the trip, right? But if taking that thousand dollar piece of equipment in means that you go in and you're able to enjoy everything else and that made it that much better for you, then argumentatively, that's money well spent. Yeah, and that's what I mean. I think the ultimate takeaway for me on technology is it depends on your goal going in. It depends how much you allow any of the technology, be it modern technology to primitive technology, being like, you know, tarp versus high-end tent, uh, pop-up tent versus hot tent with stove. It all depends on how much you let it interfere with what you're doing. Like Ben said, if it becomes your sole distraction, then the trip was almost pointless. You can do that in your backyard. You can do whatever you want if it's all about the gear. Uh, getting out there is fine. And don't get me wrong. I'm not discouraging anybody that does this and goes out and has a good time. By all means, go out and have your good time. Just from my perspective. Um, I, I'd probably just play with it in the backyard and have just as good a time as if I had a went into the woods, if not a better time, because now I don't have to track in. I have more time to work with it. I have stuff here that I can figure it out. Like when we test our gear, that's kind of what it is to me is gear testing. Once you test it at home, then you kind of know how to do all that stuff. And it shouldn't be about that piece of gear out there. You may want to try that gear. We've done that with saws and stuff like that, knives. So, oh, yeah, we want to get out there and we want to try it. But it's not like the entire time I'm out there, I'm just going to saw logs because I want to try my new saw. One, you'd be exhausted. And two, to what, what reason? Yeah. <clears throat> now that I've cut 12 cords of wood. <laughs> I guess it's time to go home. I'll build my log cabin and leave. But uh, so Nate's joined us in the comments here and he says, I think a GPS system is technology and it will add to your trip with safety and peace of mind if you're a beginner. And I couldn't agree more. And that's what we were saying about technology uh, balancing safety. Any technology that's really going to give you an edge in safety, it's a good thing in my mind as long as you're not solely dependent on it. I love GPSs. I carry a GPS separate from my phone. Uh, however, I still know how to use a map and compass. I still know how to find north without a compass. And I can use that to try and do a little bit of basic navigation. Because um, if I became solely reliant on the GPS, I've had batteries die. I've gotten in areas where satellites didn't quite hit. Uh, but on the flip side of that, I've gotten into like iron deposits where my compass wouldn't point true north. So. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, we, we actually had an instance with my search and rescue group where they had a compass, like eight guys in line took the compass out and had different. One guy had a totally like 180 different degree different direction to north than everyone else. And it turned out he was standing on an iron deposit. And it, it's just fluky like that. It doesn't happen often. Anybody listening, don't think that you can't rely on your compass. I've been walking around the woods for well over 30 years. And I think it's happened twice. Both times, uh, it was when I was working with Natural Resources and I was doing uh, WAPs or something. I was out in the woods for those reasons. And it was in just obscure conditions. I mean, it generally doesn't happen. I do understand that, but it is something to be aware of, especially if you've been traveling in one direction a long time and then all of a sudden it's 
says you should be traveling in a like a complete opposite direction. It's time to kind of give pause and thought. And just because we're on the topic safely on that one. Um, if you think you might be in an area like that, it's worth walking maybe 50, 100 feet ahead. Mark your area, walk 50, 100 feet ahead and take another bearing. Because uh, generally those iron deposits aren't humongous. No. I mean, and that, and that was exactly what happened. Apparently he walked a few feet away and it, it t- turned around. So just be careful. You know, if you do see something that's an anomaly, like you say, move a little bit and see if that anomaly stays the same. If you're under power lines, know that your compass may not be operating to its best potential uh, because it can create that deflection. I know uh, for you folks in search and rescue, they probably tell you not to operate your compass near your radios. Yeah. Yeah, try to keep a lot of that stuff away. Even if you're carrying a lot of equipment on you, especially if some of it has magnetics, like a lot of things have magnetics, like snaps and buttons and stuff like that. Keep your compass away from all that. Like it's it's just common sense when you think about it. But large metal objects. So you can't calibrate your compass by sticking it on top of a car hood. It's not going to work. That's fair. And I wouldn't throw your compass on top of your speakers at home. Most speakers are mag shielded now, but there's still enough uh, magnetism in there. It can do some wonky stuff. Yeah. But no, um, I guess bottom line with technology, it's what you make of it. Uh, It's good to acknowledge what it is, what it can be, and what it shouldn't be. And I think that's a conversation that everybody has to have as an individual. Um I mean, there's general guidelines that Ben and I have talked about, but that that's just kind of to our preferences. Uh, that may not be your preference. That My preference and Ben's preferences differ to a degree. Like something that I um, may... Prime example, when I was taking my Walkman in to go to sleep, that may not be Ben's thing ever in his life. Uh, and there's lots of people like that, but that helped me at that time. It served a purpose and things were good. And I, like I said, I think it's just what you make make of it if that makes any kind of sense sure 100 percent. i'm starting to spiral so i want to stop (laughs) no i think we've you know we've gone somewhere with this thing what i would like people to take away is if you pick up a piece of technology and you're wondering is this starting to take away from your 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 experience is it is it becoming the main part of the trip then maybe it's time to step back from that item and and just look at it from a different point of view but if you look at it and think of how much better a trip's going to be because it's going to help you with this, that, and the other thing, and just be honest with yourself about it. And that's going to be the hard thing. Are you after it just because it's new and trendy and exciting? Or are you after it because it really is fixing a problem that was there? And because there's technology out there that fixes things that were never a problem, uh, at least for the average person. But we, you know, once somebody tries to convince us that there's no other way, you know, um, yeah, I know what you mean. Right? There are tools out there that people have, you know, I've seen people use, and I'm like, I've bought tools. I have had tools where I brought, bought them. I said, like, that looks really cool. I'll use that someday. Brought it home, went in the basement, never got picked up again. You know? Um, you know, the famous old saying spend billions of dollars to build a pen that can write upside down in space when all you had to do was bring a pencil? <laughs> did you ever hear the counter of that no i i if there's a counter to the saying i have not i know there's actually more to it than that uh it's a very simplistic way of summing something up the reason uh 
it was developed in that sense was because the graphite and the pencil could potentially at the time if the lead broke off it confused circuits and stuff like that yeah so, um yeah so it's something to just keep in mind um you know oh sorry no, all good. It is getting kind of late. Uh, this can be a little bit of a shorter episode. It's been a while since we had one. I think that's probably, for me anyway, it's a decent spot to leave it. Uh, yep. It was a good topic to chat about because I do know I've had this thought on my own. And I thought about it a lot since you told me the topic. And that's why it was a little later putting it up too. Because I was literally rolling around in my head going, well, what's the catch line going to be? And all this stuff. And I'm just like, you know what? It comes down to the individual and what you make of it. And you can make it be great and you can make it so it ruins everything else. Yeah. And, and the answer definitely isn't all for one or, you know, you know, it's, it's not one answer is not going to answer from absolutely everyone. If you come here expecting that, then we're sorry. Um, yeah. This was more of one of our open topic discussions. Um, me and you both do enjoy a lot of technologies. There's technologies I've taken in the woods that I think we both really enjoyed. There's other technologies we've brought in the woods over the time, either separately or together. And we looked at it and said, you know, it's really cool, but I probably won't do it again. Or it's it's not worth the effort. Like, you know, deep frying a turkey, really fun and cool. Are we going to hike one in miles and miles in the woods? Probably not. No, it, it was fun. It was a lot of fun as a one-off. Uh, and we make a lot of jokes to it, to be honest with you. But the truth is... I wouldn't want it every time. One, it wouldn't make it as enjoyable. Two, it would just become work. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> 20 pound tank, uh, you know, 40 liter uh, jug, and then like a 13 pound turkey plus all the oil you need it. Like it, it's, it was a load. Like it was a. And then having to figure out how to keep all that good through the next day. We did build a fridge though, and I think we told that story in a previous episode. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, no, I mean, it's, you know, there's, there are technologies, there are tools that I've seen out there that it's just not practical in the end. It's just a gimmick. Um, but one get man's gimmick is another man's treasure. It really, it is, right? No, and that's uh, it. I think, like you said, it's just, it's going to be the individual. But, um, yeah, I think for me, that's probably it for tonight. Nice quick little topic, nice open chat, good segue. Uh, next week... We'll see how that turns out, I think, Ben. You could or could not be here with us. Yeah, I believe I'm at... I will be in uh, Gross Morn next, this time next week. So, uh, you know, anyone who happens to be in Gross Morn, you may see me. <laughs> but that that is my plan, and I don't know how much internet I'll have access to. I think there's a lot of people there, and it may just be stressed. I may not be able to reach out. I'll let you know if I if I can, if not. And no stress either way. And everybody out there that's listening, uh, if you have been following us the last couple episodes, this is Ben's last little lag of the race in his journey to relocating for uh, some personal reasons there. Um, and yeah, so wish him the best. And you folks out there that listen on the West Coast, you'll have to try and meet up maybe you can find some new friends out there and you can have some all new adventures with some of our listeners we never even knew we had so of course obviously since i am going to the west coast my first move is to go as far east as possible yep. so that in, in the same week i can say i was in like 
the easternmost part of the country to the westernmost part of the country. <sighs> I think it'll be a lot of fun. I think it's still going to be a good adventure for you. And as always, uh, we still plan on bringing as much content as we absolutely possibly can. Um, we're still enjoying this, and things will move forward. Yep. Okay. All right, everybody. Until next week, right. we'll see you then. Have a good night, y'all. Yeah.